this is episode two of the podcast, and we figured that if you guys are going to keep up with where we are now and where we're headed, you need to understand how it all started, how we all assembled into this monkey kingdom. And it really all started back when I was in college. Um, I've been an athlete my whole life and always been super mindful about food and exercise. But in my earlier years, when I was born and raised in Hong Kong, um, I could only be as mindful based on like how much I knew. And the landscape in Hong Kong is not so health conscious. And um, I didn't realize that my whole upbringing, I was eating stuff that I was allergic to and that I had gut issues. And I'll go into that in another, in another spider web tangent later. But then finally I moved to the States. Um, I was at Boston University and it was when I was on their rowing team that a coach suggested I get an allergy test because I wasn't responding to the training the way other people were. And I was so tired. I just felt so off given, uh, despite the fact that I was doing all these things right. And that's when I realized I had celiac disease. I was lactose intolerant. And um, so I just went cold turkey and I cut it out of my diet. But I started missing so many of the things that I usually ate. And um, I have a sweet tooth as well. But being so mindful of like my macronutrients, a lot of sweets and indulgences like just don't work with that plan. Um, and so I just started whipping up like healthy desserts in my dorm room. And the first variations were like chia pudding that in hindsight was pretty awful, but I ate a lot of it. Um, and then it evolved into like healthier, like these random like pancake like things that were chokeable. Um, and then finally landed on reinventing ice cream. And the early batches were just made on a food processor that I bought the Bed Bath Beyond on BU campus and um, started whipping up superfoods, fruits and seeds. It was so damn good. Um, to the point where when I was calculating the macros, I just like couldn't believe how delicious, functional, nutritious it was. And my teammates couldn't believe it. My friends couldn't believe it. Um, Liza, who's now our CMO, couldn't believe it. She would come over and pretty much eat Tupperwares of it. Um, yeah, it was a ghetto. It was their Tupperwares with ceram wrap and rubber bands. And that's when Liza was like, all right, I've got to help you market this thing. And so Liza like walked into the picture and um hey guys i'm liza <laughs> liza yeah i'm liza i'm now the cmo at the time <laughs> at the time just the stealer the, or i guess the snow monkey thief yeah um but it was really in that kind of window of time right before i graduated um and i was looking at like real estate jobs finance jobs thinking if i was moving back to hong kong or not but getting all this validation from friends, from teammates, and also myself, like anytime I went to the supermarket to try and find an equivalent of like Snow Monkey that we were making at home, there was just nothing. And then it like dawned upon me that like America's in this unhealthy relationship with dessert. It's something like families love. They go out and like celebrate over ice cream. It's everyone's like guilty pleasure. But the problem there is that guilt word, like why can't it just be pure pleasure? Like the foods we love should be able to love us back, especially when it has such negative consequences, like when it comes to health, um, brain fog. I mean, look, food allergies are so, are so tied to our mental and physical performance. And I just like never looked back. We were like compelled to bring this to market um, using ice cream as a vehicle to spark change. So we started booking meeting rooms at the business school and 
<laughs> we also did that in like the most hysterical way possible. We like would find, cause I wasn't in the business school. I was in the communications college and Rachel, you were getting a minor in SMG. Yeah. That's what BU called the business school. And so you could only book rooms for like 30 or 45 minutes at a time but only people in the school actually had access to that booking system. So we'd like try to find all the people that we knew in SMG and be like, yo, can you just like book this same room for like create like three hour blocks of all these random people that had absolutely no intention of ever going into that room. But yeah, but it worked. We actually had like weekly meetings with like updates and we took it so seriously given we had other things going on. Uh, Mm -hmm. There were actual other projects for school that we were working on. Um, but that looking back, it like really speaks to like how genuinely passionate we were about it. Uh, we had no clue it was going to grow into this. Like, we had no idea what we were getting no into. Clue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like 2015 graduated, stayed on campus. Liza was class of 2016. So she was still there and, um, got some funding from BU to actually like keep rolling it through the summer. And by the end of that summer, we had so much proof of concept. We're like, all right, we're going to bring this to market. So we launched a Kickstarter, which was in February of 2016. So we spent like the last half of 2015 really perfecting the formula, the branding. We started working with a branding studio and design um, design firm to bring like Snow Monkey as a brand to yeah, life. To really like figure out our positioning in the market, get all of these things that, because Snow Monkey started from personal use. It was yeah. just, you know, a personal need. And so they kind of helped us kind of funnel that that need that we had and make it more relatable to the mass market. I think a lot of people also had that need, but you know, when sometimes when you have a need yourself, it's hard to then communicate why everyone else might need that same thing. So they really helped us with that um, and coming up with like beautiful packaging to yeah. make it attractive, which you know we've obviously changed since then. But at the time, we had so much fun doing it. I I still have all of those like renderings and stuff on my computer. We need to make an evolution wall of literally like Definitely. the monkey. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I remember, so Rachel came to me with, like, the first, because you found some random person in Starbucks that did, like, watercolors to yeah. make the logos, and so she, she's like, oh my god, look at this logo, and shows it to me, and it's all watercolored and beautiful. I'm like, wow, that's gorgeous, but I hate to break it to you, like, that is going to be the most expensive logo ever to print on every marketing material, because you have a gradient, so it's so many colors, and you get charged by the color when you're printing a lot of the time, so... It's just like that's kind of why most brands stick to like two, maybe three colors um, for their logo. A lot of times just one. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right, we're going to have to work this. So the branding agency really helped us kind of refine that. But the first logo is cool. Also, like our thought process, like it's kind of unusual for a business in their first year to spend like 50% of their costs on branding. Mm-hmm. But we know that like, perception and aesthetics really matters and we were like you know what if we're gonna make an entrance let's go out in our best suit because so many brands will like first launch in like a quasi like ziploc bag with like a sticker that mom wrote on and it's like okay that looks janky as fuck i'm not gonna eat that right and then you like see these like evolution of things and we're like okay let's just get it right yeah no one wanted to buy it out of your tupperware yeah no no (laughs) sorry Um, ziploc well we're talking Um, about branding really quick common name or a common question is how did the name come up how'd you land on that yeah um it was not called snow monkey during any of the working meetings we had until like the very end but um it was because snow monkey's banana based it's super primal um and we thought okay this is like a fun play on things but 
beyond that, it was like super reflective of our founding journey where we literally went and wildly foraged for all these ingredients that Google had foods. Google Foods. Yeah. Whole Foods. Oh. I'm I mean, sorry. Google, Google Foods. Google Foods also helped. <laughs> Google Foods. I don't know if Amazon would like that, but. Oh. Well, <laughs> Jeff, you didn't help that much at the beginning. Um, but. <laughs> I hope he never listens to this. <laughs> if Jeff listens. Actually, I dream. really Jeff, hope he listens. I'm not sorry we this. said that. Okay. Um, <laughs> we ship a lot through you guys. Um, we're not on Amazon. We're not on Amazon. We should be, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So it was super reflective of the way we were like, all right, we're going to wildly forage for all these superfood ingredients, things that are uncommonly used, but like we're going to put it in there and make the best ice cream alternative ever and bring it back to our tribe as fuel. So we had that down. We launched the Kickstarter in February, 2016. You moved to LA before Kickstarter launches. Yes. I moved to LA because I stayed in Boston, got to finish school. Yeah, apparently that was important. Stay in school, kids. Unless you're founding Facebook, then definitely leave. <laughs> Maybe stay in school, then found Facebook. They all in left case. school. Yeah. I mean, do whatever you got to do, I guess. But um, I stayed in school. Yeah, moved to LA because selfishly, like, hello, it's beautiful. Um, not that anyone's looking at it. But um, because it's really important to live the lifestyle that brings us alive and also live the lifestyle that our consumers live and be really close to our core consumer and that is SoCal through and through. So moved to LA um, but then did go back to Boston for the launch party, the Kickstarter, which is really important to be back in that origin and we actually had an event in the SMG business school lobby for our Kickstarter launch and we had the Kickstarter campaign like playing, people came by, people were like donating. We were 100% funded in four days. We were 180% funded overall. It was incredible. Um, but then we had to figure out how to send Snow Monkey to 42 different states. We didn't think that part through. We were so fixated on the launch um, that then we had to figure out how to get it to everyone. So we managed to get that done. And then we um, leveraged the data that we had from Kickstarter to go around to all these little like mom and pops around LA. And we were like, look, we launched this alternative ice cream on Kickstarter. People paid more than full price for it, which is unusual for like online crowdfunding. And look at all these like customers that are in this zip code that paid for it. If we just send them an email and say, hey, it's now available at like X store, they're gonna come like right down the road. Like that's a conversion right there. And um, after enough like begging and sweet talking and just showing up unannounced and pretty much like begging, for shelf space, we got it on there. And then Whole Foods was like, okay. Also quickly for everyone's knowledge, when Snow Monkey launched on the Kickstarter and like this whole time, it was goji berry and cacao were the flavors and they were in eight ounce pods. Now we sell in those 16 ounce um, pints that you like normally see every kind of ice cream in, but we thought we were being super cool and innovative by doing these like eight ounce pods, which it is great to be cool and innovative, but there's some things that like are just easier not to really change. And one of those things is packaging, simply because you have to go fill it in a co-packer and nobody has that equipment. Yeah. That was kind of a nightmare. Yeah, and also the shelves aren't configured for eight ounce pods that look like hair gel yeah. in hindsight. Congrats to Talenti, they figured it out. But other than that, like no one's really changed. Like there's only a couple ways that you package yeah. ice cream. I mean, even Talenti's pods though are the same size as that's true that's true whereas ours were totally different so buyers also were like screw this they fall they slide like yeah um 
But yeah. anyways, I digress. Then Whole Foods. Then Whole Foods was like, all right, we want to take you into like our top local stores. And then came that snowball effect. And all of a sudden, within our first year of business, we ended it with 250 stores. And we were like, all right, we need to really support this thing. We have a community. We have a big like social a big social following and we're trying to grow that socials everything and so reached out to a dear friend who that I, I used to work with in a different regard named Ruby and um, asked Ruby if she would help us do our Instagram part-time and so in comes Ruby hello and Ruby was still in Boston and she had to basically take Instagram photos from Boston's climate that looked like we were in LA, which was probably like a whole course on itself. Yeah, it was interesting. It was like full on blizzard. Rachel reached out to me, I think in November. She was like, we're about to get on retail shelves um, and I just need, I don't have time to focus on Instagram. Do you have some time in your week to just help me take Instagram photos? And I was like, yeah, I love Instagram, it's fine. Um, and then blizzard season hit in Boston and it, we're a Southern California brand. So trying to find like the perfect, time of day to take sunny photos in the middle of a blizzard was a challenge in and of itself, but it was fun. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it just like skyrocketed from there. Cause then look, basically 2017 comes around and, um, so I'm back on the team full time oh, at this yeah. point. Okay. So, so we're going to do a oh, quick, like pulse check go. on the timeline. So November 2016, Ruby takes over Instagram. Ruby is working at a different company, her corporate job. Um, corporate job. Boo. And, um, <laughs> They're great. They're great. <laughs> great company, but boo, corporate job. Um, and then I'm also, I'm, so I'm in college. Yeah, yeah, I'm still, I guess, studying. Probably not, but something. Yeah. And um, so then Rachel's working on Kickstarter, doing all that fun stuff. Then Rachel... We're in 2017, the beginning. Rachel gets Erwan, Whole Foods. Then it's springtime. Did I totally mess this up? Oh, yeah. No, I wasn't studying. I had a job, too. No, yeah. You I tend, yeah, job. I was at a corporate job because I had graduated. Um, yeah, also, boo. <laughs> like, so Liza and I boo. were still in Boston. Liza and I were in Boston. Rachel was the only one that was in L.A. already. Um, yeah. So I was working at a, I was interning at a PR firm doing CPG PR. That was. I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, but Liza did get really, really I awesome did, skills did. and experience because she was working on a food brand, so she could leverage all of that knowledge and apply it to food brand monkeys. and a grocery so store. So, she yeah. definitely had the most appropriate internship ever. Yes. For this, and oh. she was there for a year, and then she was like. Deuces. Not even, not even. I like peaced out so quick. Oh yeah, she. Yeah, I wasn't even there. I think third trimester like and she was out. Um. <laughs> Preemie. Yeah. <laughs> so the joke you were going for. Um, okay, so anyways, then comes spring 2017. I joined the team again full time. Moved to LA, and meet Ruby in Boston. We like Loki got drunk together, <laughs> fell in love, um, and then Ruby. Then I, Rachel convinced me to move across the country. Um, I was still working my corporate job and she was like, come on, you've always wanted to live in LA, just come to LA. Like there, at this point, there was still no job offer on the table. I wasn't gonna leave my corporate job to come work for Snow Monkey. I was very comfortable and safe in my corporate job, but I was like, all right, I'll move to LA. Q1 
keeping my corporate job. And you worked from home, so they would let you live with Yeah, you exactly. I was working from home, so it was like a perfect situation. Yeah, who doesn't? Like, I'm tired of snow. Rachel's right. LA's beautiful. I'm closer to home, all that stuff. So I land in LA, and like two days later, Rachel's like, hey, can we go to coffee? And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, she wants to welcome me to LA. Like, yeah, let's go to coffee. <laughs> she shows up. We actually get smoothies instead of coffee. And she shows up, and on the back of a napkin, kid you not, on the back of a napkin, she slides the napkin over to me, and it's a job offer. <laughs> and she's like, so are we doing this, or? Like, literal job terms and numbers yeah. on this napkin. On a napkin. Yeah. And I was like, I gotta think about it, but like, yeah, let's do it. She also asked me if she can take the napkin. Yeah, yeah. I took the napkin with me. You know, Most I had people to do want their job offer to like go home and look at it. <laughs> to take a photo, bro. Twenty first century. I took the napkin with me. I probably could find the napkin if I really wanted to. Should go in the museum. Yeah. So she quickly convinced me to leave my corporate job, come over to Snow Monkey full time, um, and that was two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and now I'm the, I'm no longer doing social media. Oh we, yeah, they're also two dogs. The dogs are here. <laughs> we have uh, They've arrived. Awesome people who run social media, and I now act as our chief of staff. Yeah. So that so napkin offer was like August 2017. Yeah. And then you officially joined the team like October. October one, let's say. Yeah. yeah. 2017, and then in that brief time span, we got accepted to Chovani Food Incubator, which yes. was probably like one of the biggest moment I mean there have been so many big moments but I think we can all agree that being in that incubator was kind of fundamental to like where we are now um it was oh I mean the amount of knowledge that was so openly shared with Chobani and also the fact that Hamdi the CEO of Chobani really wanted nothing in return other than to enable and help the young companies take on like big food conglomerates the way like Chobani had with Big Yogurt was absolutely incredible. So we ended 2017 on an incredible high. All of us flying to New York once a month from LA, like taking the red eye, going straight to the offices in Soho. Um, and it was also at Chobani where we met Mel, who was at the time doing marketing and also was their chef and whipping up a lot of great smelling stuff that we walked by pretty much every day. So Mel was at Chobani. Now she's not, obviously. <laughs> Showing the couch. Yeah. yeah, a lot of um, a lot of late nights at the Chobani office and trying to t- constantly feed these guys. And Rachel constantly going, "Dude, I have allergies." And I'm just like, "Can you just write like write them down for me? I'll figure it out. I can make something." <laughs> <laughs> so we got really close to Mel during that time. I think also for me, that's kind of where I realized. Like, I think that was my first moment where I was like, oh, shit, we started a company. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's kind of no turning back at this point. We're like, doing this. Yeah, like, this is, this is real. Uh, I don't know if that was, like, kind of, maybe you had that moment before, but. No, I think I didn't. I think that was my first, like, really, like, I knew it yeah. before, but that was my first real, like, oh. Well, shit. you guys were, like, sitting around with, what, like, was there five in your class? There were seven, other there were six other so companies. So six other yeah. companies yeah. that, like, half of them were, like, you guys, and half of them were, like, we've been established for years. We yeah. just haven't yeah. figured out how to take off. Like, I mean, we were absolutely the baby, though. Yeah. Because yeah. oh, the other small ones were still, like, yeah, we've got, like, five million in funding. We were, like, mm, 
Yeah, same, bro. <laughs> we're um, nationwide. We're like, I think, like, when it hit me also that we were, I think we have our heads down, like, working all the time, and it's really hard to acknowledge, like, to see those things, especially when you're just, like, on a grind, and there's no, there's not much, like, outside validation, was when we had our in-person meeting with Hamdi, and he said that he just had to have us in the incubator because he saw Snow Monkey as the Chobani equivalent to ice cream mm -hmm. and that he really he was like I just have this feeling and I see it and I know that you guys are going to like change the category um that was oh like literally never forget that moment and I was like okay if Hamdi sees something too like we're not bad shit crazy yeah I think for me I've like still like it still hits me every day that like we're doing this and it's like I think the biggest aha moment for me is the girl that I went to middle school with who I haven't talked to since middle school who like follows me on Instagram like found Snow Monkey in her local grocery store in Colorado and like tagged me on Instagram and like that to me is like oh like wow like we're actually doing it you know yeah. what I mean like yeah. little moments like that every day are like oh shit like we have a company yeah mm -hmm. and like yeah the big moments too of like getting accepted in the incubator and being around other really cool entrepreneurs like Yes, that's super validating, um, but just the little things like, wow, my friends can go to my hometown and like pick up some. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, we went on a tangent after like all of 2017, but I guess to quickly get everyone up to speed because we're almost at the end of 2019 now. Uh, was 2018? We just focused on growing distribution. We went from that like 250 to 1200 stores, which was insane. We launched three new flavors. We launched matcha, passion fruit, and cinnamon um, because we just needed to get Snow Monkey out there so that, because we were getting so many requests and just really like serving our consumers. So that's really all we focused on. Ruby and I were flying nonstop. Still flying nonstop. <laughs> but more last year. Yeah. Like we had some crazy road trips. Uh, what are plane trips called when they're road trips? Same. Yeah, you're yeah. on a road show. Okay. Um, but yeah, like that also not to say like that year came with a lot of growing pains too. I think it, we had a lot of learnings. Um, I was maybe definitely selling air for a while. That did happen. Yeah. Definitely some production growing pains where yeah. on those road shows, there was no actual product to sell anybody, but they came back with orders yeah. and we figured yeah. out how to fill those I orders. I mean, we had the product. It's just, if something doesn't pass all of the third party testing, we we don't sell that. I mean, never. Uh, we're never going to play it. Yeah. Well, play it wasn't it even dicey with health. No. For sure. And, like, it never even, like, really got to that point. It was more like they sent us the wrong size lids for our packaging. So then we start our production run and the matcha lids started yeah. flying off the pints. <laughs> and we get a call from our from our co-packer and they're like, uh, these don't fit. And, and like, your matcha and I had just finished, like, probably the biggest meeting of our lives. Yeah. And we get the call. We're like, yes, we got the PO, we're ready to go. And while we're in the meeting, the co-packer calls and it's like, yeah, the modules don't fit. And so me and Rachel were like, we just sold modules. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, and that was a cool one. Not really a good product to sell topless, so. <laughs> yeah, no. Is there a good product to sell topless? Mm. Maybe not in our industry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, so... 
That was 2018. I, I think we could probably do like a whole episode on various growing pains and how we yeah. got out of those situations. And I think I think that's something really important to talk about too with a company is a lot of people, I call it founder PTSD, is that like everyone starts at like making $10 million in revenue and you're like, okay, but like how did you get to that $10 million? Like it was not smooth sailing. There's no way. Yeah. But all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, I was making $10 million. It was so difficult. We had no money. We had no budget. And we're like, pardon pardon me? Like, that's not true. Um, So maybe we do another episode on that. But for the sake of time, we kind of powered through 2018, made it out alive with three new children, passion fruit, matcha, uh, fully clothed matcha, and, um, and cinnamon. Then we get into 2019. And I feel like it's just been a blur. It's been a blur. I yeah. think. I mean, 2019, we really focused on elevating brand awareness and um, making sure that now that we were in all these stores, people knew that they could go get their monkey there and start like moving pints. And with all the like elevated brand awareness with Liza and Mel, like just really killing it on that awareness scale. That's when we started just being so like flattered, but also surprised by the volume of inbound requests we had where people were like, hey, we want to see more behind the scenes. Like, we love what you're doing. Like, how did you do that? Like, oh, I love Ruby's, like, shoes. And just, like, realizing <laughs> that, like, because Ruby's resident hype beast. But just realizing that people cared so much about the why and the how. Like, yes, we make a dope, healthy product, but the fact that we're, like, five women under 30, like, trying to take on and revolutionize this really old and traditional industry is pretty dope and we were like okay let's share it if that's what the people want to hear yeah give the people what they want right yeah and then we also totally skipped over um we also did a rebrand in 2019 which yeah maybe another thing we do a whole episode on because that was a lot but um really like edited our packaging came up with a new product descriptor for snow monkey before we it started out as sub-zero superfood then it became Superfood ice treat. Superfood ice treat. Then, was there anything in between? No. We almost did something in between, but then we never did. And then, um, quick pivots, benefits of startup. And then um, we landed for this, for our final rebrand that we did this year. Now we're um, a dairy-free anytime dessert because you can have Snow Monkey anytime you want. And it's also dairy-free, so pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. Well, and then, we, skipped, we skipped the timeline because technically... I wasn't here at the beginning of 2019. Yeah, we also yeah. forgot to say when we stole Mel from Chobani. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Chobani, but thank you for, first off, giving Everything. us a grant, <laughs> opening up your entire company to us, and then letting us steal your employee. Um, shout out to them for this. But yeah, so in yeah. just before summer, Rachel and I sat down, and I was just like, holy shit, man, I need help. At that point, I was doing obviously Rachel and Ruby really really helped me with marketing and stuff but it just kind of hit that point and I also also huge call out to like all of the external partners that we have we have an amazing ops guy Justin that we talked about in our last podcast we have um, amazing digital marketers that we work with from an agency Um, a graphic design guy who helped us with the rebrand Pierce who's awesome Um, killer merchandisers killer brokers sales teams like who else am i forgetting well like a killer tribe like our fans who are like i went to my local whole foods i went to sprouts and i was like hey you need to carry snow monkey this is a great product i order it online like 
ones who are telling us like you guys are crushing it like wanting to write about us for like their school papers or podcasts mm-hmm. like all that stuff it matters that word of mouth absolutely yeah so yeah. we just had this awesome community of people helping us but we said all right we need some internal internal support so that's where we put out the job description for a marketing manager and then mel dm'd rachel yeah it was it was <laughs> okay mind you i was in new orleans celebrating jazz fest because new orleans is my soul city shout out to new orleans um but also it was like midnight my time and i was in like a half probably drunken stage just scrolling through instagram and saw rachel's story first before i saw the snow monkey story i think i saw half the snow monkey story and like came back came back to it later but dm'd rachel on the side and i was like but wait we should talk and like that's all i said and then i was like we should talk like we put up job (laughs) postings for executive assistant and full-time marketing manager and at that point Mel was doing a lot of like hands-on yeah. so, food work. So my background just sidestep is I went to culinary school I have a hospitality business management degree like all that good jazz um, and I had been working with Giovanni and what the snow monkey team has seen me do is I was a chef I was always in the kitchen whenever they saw me um, but my title was technically events chef so huge piece of my job was field marketing and that is a little known fact for most people that interact with me in my, when, yeah. when I was in yeah. my role. We had no so, idea. Yeah, we, we thought you were Chef Mel. We are like, yo, Chef Mel wants to work for us. Like, sick. But, <laughs> but, but like, like, we don't have a job. We, we can't <laughs> afford a full-time chef. Yeah. Like, we love you. Uh, but then we talked, and Mel, we put up, we did, like, an assessment. We gave all the candidates an assessment, and Mel totally crushed it. And we're like, fuck, like, yeah, sorry I did. French, but we're like, yo, Chef Mel knows how to market. I did that assessment on the or while I was at one of my biggest trade shows that I was running in my hotel room at like 2 a.m. after we had our team dinner and then rolled out of bed at like 7 a.m. the following morning to and go run a show. she crushed it. Oh, yeah. She crushed it. And we totally were like, we need her. It. Yeah, we're like, come here. So <laughs> stole her. It worked and out. Yeah, here we are. Um, we also okay. went a little over because obviously we we're going like at a thousand miles per hour that we cannot keep our days or years straight but it was definitely important to lay it all out there that entrepreneur ptsd is i think real. the uh, the post the the show notes need to have an actual bullet point timeline for everything because <laughs> what really happened no i mean paraphrasing because we like that's true yeah we gave in and out chances. yeah but i think that's like a pretty good representation of what it's like to have done this for how many years have we been doing three? this three 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 years i mean kickstarter was 2016 yeah, so, yeah, BU was four years ago. We were in business. We were, like, doing that content shoot where we wore a pumpkin oh, onesie. God. That has to be dug up. <laughs> we did this, like, because we obviously didn't have a product, so we were trying to create content to, like, make the Snow Monkey social media pages relevant. <laughs> so we did, like, a Halloween workout, and somehow I got put into a cat costume, and Rachel got put into a pumpkin onesie, and we were doing, like, these weird workout routines. It's embarrassing. I'm, like, but... on a... Airdyne assault bike in the costume. We're doing pull-ups. Like we did it cable. in my building too, and all of my like apartment mates. What do you call those people that live in your neighbors. building? Neighbors. <laughs> 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 
killing it. Um, <laughs> or like walking into the gym, staring at us, and then just turning right around. Because Laz has full on cat whiskers on her face. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. But I also think this, the way we told the story is very indicative of just like our relationship too. It's very like, we're very much intertwined. Um, and because we're all friends before this too, I think that says a lot about like how we run the company. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very fluid, very much like, you know, if you need help on something that I'm not an expert in, but I can lend a hand, I'll do it. Well, Liza and I convinced you guys to do a podcast, so, like, there's that. True. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah very much. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. so here we are, interwebs. Yeah, here we are, doing it. So now you guys are all brought up to speed. So this is where it the is, fun begins. It is October that we're recording this in October of 2019, and uh, yeah. moving moving forward. Yeah. Big strides. Yeah. Wow. All right, well. All right, Captain's Log is done. Yeah, we will sign off for today, but stay tuned for the next next episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram at EatSnowMonkey. Monkey Business is brought to you by the Snow Monkey Kingdom and produced by Autumn Abelabagus. Our theme song is brought to you by Alex English.